It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It means you're locked and loaded in to the Wrestling Inc. podcast coming to you just moments after AEW Dynamite has concluded. We'll get down to business as always, but first, pleasantries and hellos to everybody. I am Justin Labar coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, being alongside the normal Wednesday crew. It's been a little bit of a of a boot scootin' boogie shuffle of schedule these past few weeks, but we've got it set tonight. Uh, first up north in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is long time, over 20 years, professional wrestling, sports entertainment, referee extraordinaire. He is the Jimmy Corderas. And down south in the beautiful island of Puerto Rico, she is our resident demon diva, Isa. Isa, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. Happy to be talking some dynamite with my two favorite Jays. And Jimmy Corderas, how is life north of the border? Hey, life is grand. If you like rain, which our plants and everything do, especially my wife's uh, uh, tomatoes and peppers and all that sort of stuff, uh, you know, we're doing okay. <laughs> very, very good. I, and hey, I know that's important to, to you and the wife. I, I, I see the, uh, the 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 cooking that goes on in the in yeah. the Corderas kitchen. So ingredients are key. Yes, uh, food is not an issue up here. Let's put it that way. <laughs> What's your favorite dish to cook, Jimmy? Oh, my goodness. It's uh, anything involving bacon. But I'll be honest with you. I love barbecuing, especially, um, you know, I, I hate to sound, but uh, uh, souvlaki on the barbecue, souvlaki. And you, you can get souvlaki in all different kinds. You know, you can get beef souvlaki, pork souvlaki, chicken souvlaki. And um, th- there's this other one that's called a kebab. That's kind of like a ground beef kind of ground meat mm. thing that's spiced and put on a um you know chopsticks mm-hmm. it's usually you know fitted around a chopsticks it looks like a long uh hot dog so to speak but uh those are awesome as well and if you don't like meat we could always serve you lamb there you go the, the menu the menu is well thought out uh yes and the Cordero's house. Very good. Very good. Uh, love and seeing the chat room already filling up. I know, uh, obviously, the link went out a few hours ago. So some people, if you ever wonder what it's like to watch uh, this podcast live, if you're normally on the archive, uh, the link goes out and people kind of join the chat room uh, here on the YouTube uh, video. And they just kind of have like their own little watch along uh, party, whether they're doing it here, whether many of them are on Issa's live watch alongs that she's doing. Uh, separately on her uh, Twitter, which is at NYC Demon Diva, the I and Diva is a, is the number one. Uh, so it's a, a real sense of community every time we got the podcast going here on most nights of the week on Wrestling Inc. Uh, and just a reminder too, if you haven't done it yet, if you look below on the YouTube video in the About section, there is a link to a survey, I believe, and that survey is just a couple questions, just your own opinion, no right or wrong answer, just about what you do, don't, what you do and don't like on the podcast here, and maybe what you want to see more. Uh, or less of so uh, feedback always good to help steer the podcast uh, for you for the people by the people all right um, like subscribe comment do all the different things before we get into dynamite tonight let's talk about a news item uh, on wrestling inc one of just many so make sure you're constantly bookmarking wrestlinginc.com but here's one about a Rhodes, but not cody no it is his older half brother dustin dustin Rhodes will continue to be all elite for a little bit longer. Uh, to be more specific, over a year reportedly remaining on his contract with the company, Fightful Select reporting that's how much time Rhodes has left on the deal. Uh, that uh, the deal's up in September 2024. Uh, he's been with AEW since 2019. Um, and, and, and that's the situation. So, uh, you know, this this wouldn't necessarily normally be a big news item. It's just another, per- okay, a person who's on a contract for another, uh, you know, 12 months plus. Uh, 
But, Jimmy, I think that it brings note because obviously Cody Rhodes is having just the run that he's having in WWE. So naturally, when you hear about his brother and the other company and his contract, you're, you're going to be interested. Uh, having uh, Knowing Dustin, Jimmy, uh, having worked with him in the past, uh, I mean, he's in his mid-50s at this point in great shape. Uh, would you think that it's it's pretty possible that he's going to go back to WWE in some capacity, even if it was backstage? I, I don't see why not. I mean, wherever he ends up, he's going to be a valuable asset, that not in the ring, but behind the scenes. He is a great mentor. He's a great teacher. He knows how to work with younger talent right now. And that's the thing. You talk about trying to bridge the gap between old school and new school. Cody, Cody is, is great at that. But Dustin is really good at, you know, we talk about the challenge of blending old school with new school to make it work in today's generation. I think Dustin is a good example of someone who can make that happen and get the younger generation to understand this. You know, sports entertainment is not necessarily a bad word. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, couldn't be further from his, you know, the, the gimmick that made him the most famous. I mean, you know, the the androgynous gold dust. Uh, completely opposite of the spectrum of the uh, of the Texas uh, good old boy that is Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Isa, you know Dustin's been with AEW since 2019. Obviously, they were a very new company then. They needed any and all help they could get from veterans who had credibility to help out behind the scenes. It seems like they are starting to fill even more of that position out with depth with the with the talent they have um working backstage whether it be as agents or whether it be helping in creative like jimmy jacobs as we've been told uh i, I almost wonder if this if, if, if the timing would work out that you know dustin's contributions to aew are would be up and it's time for him to go back uh with his brother yeah maybe i mean i know that he's contributed a lot to the women's division and and a lot of people do speak very highly of him in aew in regards to what he's helped um the division and the women in this division i I agree with Jimmy on this one. I think AEW could benefit from still keeping him there. I think I think he's an asset no matter where he goes and whatever position he ends up. I also appreciate that as far as in-ring goes, they haven't overutilized him in AEW. And every time he comes out, he looks great. And it wouldn't it just makes you think, man, another run, maybe even something interesting, maybe a little Dusty versus Cody WWE edition of it. I don't know, but I, I like him a lot and I'm just glad that he's, you know, that he's doing well. I don't mind where he goes. He's going to he's going to be an asset for whatever company gets him. Yeah, you know, I keep talking about him behind the scenes, but you say that uh, and obviously, you know, overall with Triple H day to day booking seems more coherent and better in WWE. And obviously, Cody is the biggest star he's ever been inside of WWE's walls. So. Yeah, maybe in all the finishing the story and all the all the lineage, maybe a um, you know, even though Cody and Dustin fought in AEW, but, but 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 doing it on the stage that is WWE and obviously you know their father's influence uh, on so many in that roster that there there could be there could still be money to be made between the two Rhodes brothers. Uh, I mean, AEW uh, has been around for a while now. If you really think about it, they're about to celebrate their 200th episode, mm -hmm. and that match between the two of them is still one of my favorite matches mm -hmm. AEW has put on. And I think that wasn't what the first pay per view. Uh, yeah, very good. I think so. Very good, good, good pool. Um, looking at the super chats, I believe this is five Canadian. Uh, Shelbosky saying or asking rather. Any plans on moving the show, I mean this show, back an hour now that Busted Open does a one-hour live show after uh, Dynamite? Right now, you're competing with each other for live audience. Uh, well, I, nothing's been said to me. It wouldn't be our decision to be made. I, I guess right. I don't know if there's anything in that questionnaire that would necessarily uh, 
we're competing we, with with audiences all yeah. over the place. Everybody yeah. on YouTube yeah. that covers wrestling does a dynamite post show. Mm -hmm. This isn't just busted open. There's all kinds of names that are live right, right now. Yeah, and, and quite honestly, just to just to Shelbowski, just to kind of give you some insight from my perspective that I I can tell is, and I love the live audience. I'm always encouraging people to watch live because you can engage, right. interact with us, and we can literally have a conversation via chats and back and forth with you. So I love to have the live viewership as as, as high as it possibly can. But much like with anything. Uh, most things, the bigger audience is on demand because people want to watch it or listen to it at their convenience on the platform mm -hmm. they want. You know, they you can watch us live on a few platforms here right now, but not you know, but not all platforms allow for live video. So, uh, really, as long as as long as we're still doing a podcast, that's the important thing. Uh, exactly, and and uh, like you said, I prefer. I'm one of those people like you. I prefer live, especially when I'm watching my wrestling shows too. Uh, you know, you can obviously catch up later on, especially with today's technology. Everything is so easy to catch up on on podcasts, on wrestling mm -hmm. shows, on anything. But at the same time, it's kind of like watching. Uh, I know the Super Bowl is a big deal, but it's kind of like saying, oh, I got to miss the Super Bowl. But ah, it's OK. I can watch it later. Yeah. 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 And there's so many ways to I mean, I mean, yeah. the podcast game, it's it's crazy how it's growing. You know, Issa does a great job with, you know, on her social of, of releasing clips uh, mm -hmm. from these episodes you know good sound bites funny moments whatever it's 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 the it's, you know, there's so many different just to kind of put a pin on Shelbowski's question there's so many different ways to present your your stuff so it, it, there's no there's no point of us sitting around twiddling our thumbs for an hour after dynamite's over uh, just because other podcasts are going on yeah right. and I, I know you i know you have an association with busted open but we have been competing with people and live audiences from the beginning mm -hmm. of times with wrestling Inc. Yeah. on all of our shows not just our wednesday show yeah Call it the uh, Wednesday Night Wars. <laughs> yeah, there we oh, go. No, Jimmy Show Show. <laughs> there we go. Um, so definitely training, giving Jimmy some love. Uh, thank you to Troy. Um, yeah, thank you for watching YouTube. Appreciate the love. Uh, Slim, same. Appreciate the love. Uh, Spark the bar every Friday. We'll be back this Friday morning at ten thirty. Nice. Uh, but Friday at ten thirty is a ways away. As relatively speaking, let's talk about dynamite that happened tonight. Coming to you from Albany, New York. And uh, we kick it off with the international champ, Orange Cassidy, up against A.R. Fox. But before we get to the match, they cut to a like one-minute video that Darby Allen is kind of telling the story of how he relocated from Seattle to Atlanta to, to pursue the wrestling dream. And he kept hearing about this guy named A.R. Fox. And so he trained at A.R. Fox's school, living out of his car. A.R. Fox says, no, man, you're going to come live with me. Never charges him a dime. Uh, so, so the whole, whole, whole point, Darby saying how much A.R. Fox deserves to make it in the wrestling business after 16 years of being a vet. So, uh, you know, Issa, I, I I love this little touch right away. I've liked A.R. Fox when I've seen him in the past. He's super athletic. But I thought just this one-minute context of just hearing this uh, story of how long he's been around and, and, and inspiring somebody like Darby, um, and Darby's final word is, uh, uh, you know, without, without an A.R. Fox, Darby Allen probably doesn't exist. I thought this immediately just gave me more interest in what is every week in Orange Cassidy's title matches. It immediately, immediately gave me more interest. What say you? It made me think, why are we making this about Darby Allen and not AR Fox? Why can't he cut his own promo? <laughs> That's what uh, I thought. Well, in the moment, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, I guess that we will at least get some answers to that of why they did it this way. But, but because fair. they made it about Darby Allen and not yeah. AR Fox. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, Jimmy, uh, we always say you and I, you know, especially with, with something like Dynamite, AEW is very much a, a buffet. I again, I think with this video package, uh, rather than just picking something from the buffet blind, this allows you to smell the food first. Uh, That's a that, good good way to put it because uh, I understand Issa's point completely, but at the same time. 
Finally, they're giving us a little backstory here, regardless of who you think was the the prime uh, uh, candidate here as, uh, you know, the the star of the uh, the video piece. It was a nice video telling us a story and getting people interested in what they're about to see, as opposed to going into the match. Just, oh, let's kick it off with and you do the introductions and here they come to the ring. This little backstory added something to it, especially in a match where you had two guys that are technically baby faces. Yeah. Yeah, don't assume that everybody knows who everybody is, that everybody watches everything. So this right. one minute uh, uh, just does a, a lot of wonders. And, uh, you know, it's a good match. Uh, super, you know, a lot, a lot of spots. You're like, oh, my God. Um, Orange Cassidy gets the win. Uh, but after the match, what looks like it's a sign of, as you said, Jimmy, two baby faces. Uh, uh, Cassidy gives these, you know, sunglasses kind of like a little peace offering. Mm-hmm. AR Fox puts them on. Seems like we're going to be all buddy-buddy. But then Fox destroys the glasses and attacks Orange Cassidy, uh, and then he looks a little conflicted that he did so and frustrated, and Darby comes out, and Darby confronts him and basically says, you're embarrassing me. I put my name, my reputation to you. What are you doing? So setting up what will be revisited later on, spoiler alert for those of you listening to the podcast, uh, of a AR Fox heel turn, it seems, and uh, obviously this upsetting Darby. Uh, but overall, uh, Jimmy, I thought I, I, a lot, we got a lot that happened, but it wasn't. It didn't feel too rushed. They kind of just let everything happen to, uh, tonight in this opening segment, which I was pretty pleased with. No, I'm fine with that, and 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 I get what happened afterwards and the confrontation between Darby Allen and Air Fox after you know the breaking of the sunglasses and the attack from behind and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. That's fine. I don't mind it. But they had. Uh, I, I hate to jump ahead a little bit here, but. They should have left it at that so that the fans and the audience, not only live, but the audience at home could absorb what they just saw instead of going right into the next thing. So, Issa, give it a moment to breathe. Sorry. Give it a moment to breathe. So, Issa, having said what you said a minute ago about the video, uh, were you you at all interested in AR Fox turning heel and attacking Orange Cassidy? Turning heel and Orange Cassidy. Um, I'm glad that things, and we'll get into it when we get to that segment, I'm I'm glad that things ended where they Mm -hmm. ended because, again, up until this point, it felt very much about Darby more than AR Fox because you're talking about how you wouldn't even exist or your character wouldn't exist without this person who coached you and trained you and then you come out there and talk to him like that what kind of respect is that <laughs> like you would assume that he would be more supportive of AR Fox than Orange Cassidy but no because no Orange Cassidy is not even a pillar I don't even know what went on here I like the match a lot I like AR Fox in the ring every time. I wish that we used him more because I always forget how good he is until you see him. And I really appreciate him tonight in a singles match because I feel like every time that he shined in AW, it was in some kind of trios or tag team match. So just seeing him one-on-one in action was awesome. I share with you guys how the Orange Cassidy gimmick is not for me. But my God, when he gets in the ring, he's very good. And he's just making everybody look good. But his matches are becoming predictable. Like, you know, who's going to win? They still don't make it any less good. And yeah, this turned around for me later on. But at this point, again, it felt very much like about, I felt like it was more about Darby than even Orange Cassidy or uh, or AR Fox. And AR Fox, if somebody tries to put some fake Ravens on my face, I will probably snap too. So good for him. <laughs> uh, and we should also know that this segment was not even fully over as Orange Cassidy then gets attacked by John Moxley. Uh, again, more that would again be... too much, too much going on in, in too many storylines like intertwined with each other here. Uh, I missed this because, granted, I am kind of multitasking when I'm watching these, and I'm not multitasking because I don't care. I'm multitasking because I'm getting ready for this podcast. I'm writing. I'm searching socials. 
but maybe you guys saw this, or maybe also other people watching on the chat here want to chime in. Huffman Elite Training says, Jim Cornette was talking about it, and I had to rewind it over and over, laughing in disbelief. A.R. Fox was clapping over his head while kicking in a match against the House of Black worse than thighs. Okay, so he's not talking about tonight. He's talking about a match. Oh, okay. No, then... Um, yeah, so I'm not sure what he's referencing. I, I'll have to, right. uh, if somebody has a link to that clip or something from, I, I guess, send it over. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's, that's, okay. that, 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 that would be something if that's in fact what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Huffman saying that was a few months back. It was awful. Okay. Well, right. hopefully somebody says something to him again and <laughs> he won't do that again on right. national TV in plain view. Yeah. All right. Um, we see Don Callis backstage with Chris Jericho being interviewed Wait, by Renee. We missed a spot here. Sorry, what do I, I didn't mention it. That, that that Mox came out and attacked afterwards too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said a minute ago. Mox attacked oh, Orange yeah, Cassidy. Sorry, you, you did, and I'm, that's what I'm, no, it's just no, no, it's just that you know what I mean. It just so much happened in that that you you know you had the confrontation between Ar Fox and Darby, and you had Mox come out, and then you go without any breaks to the segment you're about to describe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, no time to breathe and absorb. Yeah, they. So, yeah, we got a lot. We got you know we got a heel turn from AR, or at least a frustrated, conflicted heel turn from Air Fox and him and Darby, and then Mox attacks OC. So there is a lot going on. It there is a you, you do need a scorecard. Um, again, we will get back to all of it. So at least it's like I guess it's all just cliffhanging for the rest of the night. But uh, it is a lot. You're right. And then we go right to this backstage segment with Renee talking to Don Callis and Chris Jericho, and uh, Jericho seems to be getting moving closer and closer to uh, accepting us. Uh, at least a trial run in the Don Callis family. And uh, Callis says, you know, I know that you love Takeshita. You you look at him as the future of wrestling. What if I could get you a tag match where you could tag with him and go up against Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara? And all of a sudden, that kind of that kind of put Jericho at a pause. He wasn't so sure about going up against uh, his former buddies. And then Callis pulls out a painting uh, to commemorate against some of the, the, the their old times from back in the 90s that, that they showed a few weeks ago in video. Uh, so there's that, and then I'll just jump ahead and put this with it later. Later, we see Jericho backstage, and the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, Anna Jay and Ty, Ty uh, and 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 uh, and Matt Menard and Angela, they're all waiting. They all they all want to talk to Chris, and so Chris says, "Yeah, let's talk." They go into the dressing room, and they all basically kind of just tell Chris Jericho that, that he doesn't appreciate them, and that right now they can't fully stand behind him. Uh, he says, so some some story going on here, I guess, right? I mean, Jericho now torn between his his most recent faction and, and joining a new faction. Yeah, I mean, they've been tasting this. But again, I, I told you that the, the red flag for me is that Jericho's not a follower. I don't see Jericho joining. Jericho is the one that creates these factions. Um, but on that note, we did see... Uh, <laughs> Don Callis do the painting thing with Omega. So I kind of pop a little bit for him trying to take the exact same approach with Jericho. Um, and yeah, JAS, I don't know. It wasn't called the Appreciation Society. It was called the Jericho Appreciation Society. Like, what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't a less appreciate each other society. They were there for Jericho. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I get it. And maybe it's just because I like the heels and everybody likes that. But it's like Jericho doesn't owe you guys anything. Relax. <laughs> All right, Jimmy, uh, you're Canadian. Uh, figure this out for me. We, got, we, 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 we figure out what Jericho. I mean, Jericho's Canadian. Don Callis is Canadian. 
I mean, figure figure this out for me here. Well, I, I would love to figure it out, but they're both from Winnipeg, so it's kind of tough for me to figure it out. But I, I like where this is going because it's it's a lot of questions because it's got people guessing. You know, everybody thinks they know what's going to happen next. Oh, well, Jericho's going to do this and Don Kellis is going to do that. We don't know. We don't know which direction this is leading. Who's going to do what to whom? Or if anything at all, or is this going to be a a a Winnipeg partnership? Let's put it that way. Yeah. So it's keeping everybody guessing. It's keeping everybody in tune. And again, the story is what is in you know drawing me in. Yeah, I'm 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 intrigued just to see where it goes. But I'm, I don't know if you ask me what would be a satisfying payoff. I'm not sure what that would be. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just kind of hang out and yeah, watch some more. Uh, no chat associated with it, but we got uh, uh, Ryan Ramirez with 99 cents. So uh, thank you, Ryan. If, if you if you did have something you wanted to send, I'll try to keep my eye open for it. Uh, we got uh, Corey uh, shooting a shot at Isa. Hello, Isa. Hot Isa. Um, why the super chat's loading slow? Uh, Saint Floyd. Uh, any chance Santana Santana and Ortiz come back to reform the inner circle? I don't. Last I heard, they don't really want to be working together. So I don't know if. if where things stand there uh dylan says in other words jericho is turning on don which if that happens i, I mean I, I mean don doesn't wrestle ever anymore i don't know if don right. would do a match with jericho even if it was kind of a gimmicky manager versus right wrestler match uh, another super chat here because it's coming from yes boy five dollars thank you yes boy didn't they tease a thunder rosa return before the collision debut when's the payoff but it wasn't, it, I mean, I guess it was a tease of a return. She said she was going to go and talk to Tony. You know, that's the same episode where we saw Miro. Yeah, we haven't seen the payoff yet, but Collision is also young still, so we'll see. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I'm fine with, like, you know, spreading out the returns or surprises or whomever to the kind of establish who's the Collision roster. Right. Um, and, of course, it's no secret. I'm not saying anything. I don't think I'm a turn. If you listen to Thunder, who's on busted open on Fridays when I'm on she's talked about you know, she's still getting through all the medical protocols and things she's got to do to get herself back and healthy so uh, hopefully sooner rather than later but I don't mind them waiting and making it a big deal don't just don't just bury it as a moment uh, in a show with five other would-be moments uh beer money says Don scar makes him look like a movie villain yeah that it does it really does it actually you know it, it does good call mm-hmm. nice. good call all right um let's keep it moving here Again, thanks to all, all of you in the chat. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the FTW champion, Jack Perry, as he comes out to talk with Tony Schiavone. Uh, he taunts at Taz. He's wearing an I-beat hook shirt. He's dressed in uh, orange and black colors. Uh, he says that when Taz created this title, it, w- it was uh, in a second-class company with a bunch of scumbags. Now that Jack Perry's holding it, at least brings some honor and prestige, makes it a real deal. He then uh, directs his comments to Taz and says, I would run circles around you and those bums. Uh, and then here comes Jerry Lynn, uh, backstage agent, but also, of course, an ECW original and veteran. Uh, and he comes out and uh, says that without ECW, there'd be no guys like Jungle Boy. And then uh, it seems to be ready for a fight, but Jack Perry kind of... Jungle Boy is so ECW. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then it seems to be ready to throw down with Jack Perry and Jack Perry said, ah, I'm not really ready to fight tonight. I'm not dressed for, but come next week, I'll kick your ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you seem fired up. So I might as well hit you while the iron's hot. Uh, Jack Perry. Um, first off, Jack Perry is a heel. You and I really haven't got to talk about this because we haven't been on much. 
Jack Perry the heel, and then um, Jack Perry versus Jerry Lynn. Like a lot of a lot of questions here. Look, I'll start with the positive. I love the heat that he was getting. I I, I said it a couple of weeks, and I'll repeat it. The boy learned from Christian because the Bulls were hot. However, I wasn't a fan of this promo. I'm very big on presentation, right? And I thought they were doing a good job with him the last few weeks, but now he beats Hook. Okay. I, I like the I beat Hook shirt, but that could have been presented with some pants, with a jacket. He came out looking like a 12-year-old going to a basketball practice, and I'm supposed to buy him as the bigger hero in the company. No, the one problem that you have with people like Hook, with people with Jungle Boys, they look young. And if you're trying to sell them to us as a bad guy, a bad character, that presentation that you put out there today is not it. Not it. So I, 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 I couldn't buy it. I couldn't take this seriously. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 the Jerry Lynn thing is a little intriguing because I, I was a big fan of Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam matches back in the 90s. But that aside, I, I kind of agree with the Jack Perry stuff. I, I'm sure he's out there trying. And, Jimmy, mm-hmm. speak to this, don't, what you think here. I think he's out there trying, of course. but yeah. And he's trying to talk with a little more bass in his voice. He's trying, But I, but I, I, but East is right. <clears throat> you know, he looks like he's going for a pickup game of basketball. At least do some things. Like, yeah, come out in a jacket and then do the big reveal of the I beat Hook shirt. Make a big deal of that or – do some heelish things because he, he, yeah, he just looks, he looks like a, he looks like a kid who'd be a stoner, like from the seventies, who's just, just right. talking a lot of shit. No, absolutely, and like you said, you know, last uh, last week or last few weeks, he's looking like he was finding a groove. He was getting comfortable in this heel and like you, this heel persona, and like you said, he said he's getting some great heat, and you're going, oh, this is good. This is the way it's supposed to work. It's not supposed to be, hey, I like this guy as a heel, yay, you know that sort of thing. You know, leave that to us. We, we like doing that stuff. But, you know, he, he's on the road. And tonight, he, I found the same thing with him tonight that I found with Ricochet on Monday night. And I'm not trying to, you know, make comparisons. But that they took a step backwards because it felt like they were doing something out of promo class. As opposed to, you know, uh, Jack Perry being Jack Perry himself as a heel. It was almost like he... he, he yeah, was, he dressed like he was in rehearsal stuff. No, and that's the other thing too. You know, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not into the merchandise side of business, but at the same time, it says in little letters, "I beat," and then big letters, "Hook." You know, have the whole thing a big presentation. I beat. You know, beat. You want beat in big letters too? Hook. You know, it just it's a little thing, but little hey, things matter too. Here's another kind of maybe know, obvious, like. He's out there. He's just beat Hook, mm-hmm. and then he's out there trash talking the FTW title. And he, why does it Taz? Why is it Jerry Lynn? Why does it Taz stand up and come to the ring? Taz is Hook's real life father. Taz is the one who actually created the FTW title. Like that would be far more. And I, I don't know. Well, like, I mean, why does it Taz get up for the commentary desk and do that? Why I don't know. That that, that was another miss to me. That's a good point. I guess you know. Uh, Maybe somewhere down the line they're thinking of doing something with him and Taz. I don't know. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, yes, we know Jerry Lynn was part of the ECW uh, gang back in the day. But at the same time, unless you're really hardcore, everybody's like, uh, yeah. oh, wow, Jerry Lynn's going to answer the call for the old guys? Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, this one definitely, I guess, a cliffhanger of like they, they tease it next week where we might get something. So. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we'll see if that's the case or if another ECW person shows up or if it's Taz or, you know, again, obviously it's no secret. Tony Khan loves his original ECW. So when he came out and cut that first heel promo, I, I, the weird video of him burying, he killed a guy thing. Yeah, that was weird. But he came out in the jacket with the with the dark music. He cut the promo. I did think that worked a little bit better than what we got from him tonight. And mm-hmm. uh, somebody that when you came out there, you didn't really have anything to brag about as a heel. Tonight, you came out there, you beat Hook, you now hold a championship. You know, you have Taz right there. I felt like there was so much to work with tonight that it, it kind of fell flat for me what they ended up doing. Yeah. I should know, too, because people were asking about where's Hook and this and that. They did show a Hook, like, video vignette of him, like, sitting in, like, a subway bench, and then a train goes by, and a train goes by, and eventually he disappears and just says Hook, so I'm not... I guess it's I, I guess it's just like it's it's just New York a sign City. Of, he probably got eaten by a rat. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess it's just that you know Hook is still around. He's going to resurface. Mm-hmm. He's going to reset, and uh, he'll mm-hmm. be around. So we'll uh, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Saint Floyd uh, doing some fantasy booking that maybe RVD gets involved. Tony Khan could reunite RVD with his Pantera entrance music. Uh, uh, well, you know ECW was known for their entrances, and that was obviously right. Sam Sandman had the biggest. But that was a Taz had a or uh, Taz uh, RVD had a pretty big entrance as well. You're right with the yeah, the true. Pantera music. Okay, uh, we get the bastard pack up mm-hmm. against Gravity, and uh, again they showed a quick little clip of Gravity fighting Commander uh, on ROH. So if you didn't watch ROH, I didn't watch ROH. Um, you at least can say that Gravity's here's Gravity, and he's making his AEW. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because this was such a mark thing to book. The man that gravity forgot against gravity. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat. Well, <laughs> well, the man, Pac wins. Uh, the man that gravity forgot. Uh, he makes gravity submit. Um, <laughs> J- Jimmy, what side of gravity are you on here with us? Uh no, it, it, it was what it was. I guess uh, for it's lack a of a better term, match. Say it, Jimmy. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much as and, and as as Jeff Hardy let us know, it is the B show. So. That's probably where this match belonged. And, you know, I, you know, I, you know, picking on referees the the way I do. Yes, I get sometimes you can fudge the numbers when stuff is going on outside, but there was so much going on outside that the referee was doing a lot of fudging with the numbers. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, you had Pac walk away from the blood and guts last week. He, I believe he fought Claudio for the Ring of Honor World Championship, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I haven't been being able to follow up with Ring of Honor and then this is what you do with him on Dynamite? It feels like he was involved in some... He just came back. It feels like he was involved in some big things. And, I mean, good for Gravity for not being forgotten. But it was just a match that was there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't... It's there. If I go through the entire show here, this is kind of the thing I'd circle is like... You know, at, at least with the confusion and the stuff we're talking about with Jack Perry, I'm, I'm, I am interested what what happens next week and... Of course, we'll get some we'll get some more with some of the stuff that happened in the first segment. But yeah, this this one was uh, this one felt like a I don't know. Yeah, it's just there. I don't I don't know what the if we'll get more reason of why it had to be there. But mm-hmm. all right, then we get a uh, we get a promo. Uh, both were recorded last week after their match uh, on Dynamite last week. First, it is uh, we're better than you, baby. It is MJF and Adam Cole uh, being interviewed by Renee, and they're talking uh, about. Uh, now how they're going to go up against FTR uh, this Saturday, July 29th on Collision for those tag titles. But they're gushing over being best friends with each other and just more more bonding, this and that. And uh, MJF even says that after the July 29th match, 
that uh, I will give you, Adam Cole, a rematch at my world title. So we are just all the feels, all the happiness. And then Roderick Strong comes in, and he just cannot. Stage five, Klinger. Oh, he cannot believe that Adam Cole is daring to trust MJF. And then on the flip side, and of course, I should mention that they're MJF uh, mocks and makes fun of the way Dax Harwood talks. And then we get a, we get a, a counter promo also from last week of FTR saying they hate MJF. Uh, he's a generational ass kisser. They're sorry, Adam Cole, that you're being brought into this, but uh, if you're in their way, we're going to deal with you. So, uh, Jimmy, uh, interesting choice for them. This is one of the hottest angles, uh, probably, obviously, maybe arguably the hottest angle the company has. Uh, your thoughts about them this week featuring it all as a backstage pre-tape and not doing anything in front of the live crowd. Do you like that? Are you okay with it? Uh, I, I'm, I'm again, I hate to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the fence here because I, I liked what I was hearing. I just wish that it would have been stuff that was happening in the ring and maybe some interaction between the two. Let's say FTR comes out to the stage and they react or whatever the case may be. Maybe there are some travel issues. Maybe I don't know what the, some booking issues. I don't know what the reasoning was for doing it this way, but it makes, it makes for better television and better response for the audience when it feels like it's done live, when it feels like it's done there, at least have half of the, the crew there live in front of the audience to, to, to make this presentation. You could have even had the other guys working in the, from the back and get being on the big screen. I yeah, Issa, if, if I'm a paying customer in Albany, I'm pro, uh, unless they came out in a dark situation, I'd be pretty pissed that I don't get to see MGF and Adam Cole live. It's Albany, LeVar. Who cares? It's not even real New York. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Well, I... that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Good. Yeah. We just lost our, we just lost our entire <laughs> Albany market. Listen, come on. I, Ten years in New York City. What, what do you expect me to say? You know how we are. Um. So I am okay with this in a way because I did like seeing a little bit of a more serious side to MJF, right? We're loving everything that they're doing with Better Than You, baby. But I love seeing that intensity come back in MJF. The promo that he cut was great. I love what Saint brought up in the chat, though, because Dax went on to cut the exact same promo that MJF said he was going to cut. And I just, I was laughing hysterically at it. Um, I like that he offered Adam Cole the, the rematch, I feel like Adam Cole is ahead of NJF on this one. And I, I hope that NJF is smarter. I'm invested. I'm invested, but I'm glad that they kind of pull back on the silliness and all the stuff makes us want to see it, makes us miss it. And it brings back a little bit of a serious side of NJF. And we're bringing the AW World Championship into the mix because it's been all about the tag team uh, championships. Now, FTR, they did exactly what NJF said they were going to do. And listen, I like to have fun. So for them to come out and say, you're making a mockery of the tactic division. He's like, stop, chill. We're having fun. We like the dance off. We like the push up. He's body slam big bill. He's being fun. Why are you going to ruin the fun? Probably because it's friends with CM Punk. I don't know what's going on here, but he needs to relax. It's not that deep. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? 
Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Okay. Um, right. Well, so uh, so this Saturday. So uh, MJF and Adam Cole versus FTR. Give me your calls. Jimmy, are, are we going to see new tag team champions? I got a feeling, no, we do not see new tag team champions. No. Uh, I would like to see maybe uh, Roddy come out and and not intentionally cause them to lose, but uh, because I think they've they've stumbled into gold here with this combination of Adam Cole and MJF. The crowd is into it. I think it's too soon for them to break up. And I'm just trying to think of a way that maybe they could keep them together without having them win the titles. So well, that, that's that's where I'm stuck. I, I agree with you. They've stumbled into gold. I would think in order to buy yourself more time, realistically, these guys would have to win the tag titles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, go, go ahead, Jimmy. No, no, no. I I get that, but there's got you know. I'm trying to think of a creative way to have them stumble out of winning the tag titles. You, you know, maybe or maybe even a Roddy causes an unintentional disqualification or something. You know, DQ, whatever the case may be. Uh, there's got to be a way to get around it because I want this team to stay together and be together. I, like last week when they teased that little bit of dissension, I thought too soon. And they he, tried to mend the fence tonight, but eh, Issa, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to, well, I was going to say Issa, presumably Issa, both oh, give me your prediction for the Saturday. And I mean, Cole versus MJF is still, that's still what we're going to build to for Wembley. Right. And that's, that's, that's a month away as of tomorrow. Yeah, because of that, I feel like uh, like maybe we don't see new tag team champions and something happens, something goes wrong here. But if I'm going to like give you my fan, you know, wishes, I wish they would win it. I do. But I don't I don't see it happening. But I wish and if they did, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, if they don't, I think I think that we I think if they don't win it Saturday, then we do start the. One is blaming the other kind of with some subtle backhanded comments, but still trying to do it with a smile on their face, very passive aggressiveness. Like, oh, man, we lost. I mean, I thought we could have won if, if only you would have, like, you know, hooked the leg there and been there. But, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Like, you know, I think we start – if they don't win it, that's what I think we have to start going to. Because, I mean, if they're going to have a match again in a month, um, we got to we gotta 
we got to start to take away what people are loving, which is the buddy buddy, and somebody's gonna have to turn heel. Presumably, obviously, Max goes back to being the asshole. That's why I was saying maybe intro- introduce Roddy into this thing. Right. You have to uh, introduce Roddy because that way they have an out, in my yeah. opinion, a potential out. Anyways, let's put it that way. Man, imagine if you're Roderick Strong, right? And you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, my God, Bobby Fish is gone. Kyle O'Reilly's injured. I finally get Adam Cole to myself. <laughs> and then Adam Cole goes and replaces you. He's been there waiting you know. years to win that position. And Adam Cole is like, I have other friends, okay? <laughs> Roderick's like, I know. I've been yeah. dealing with it for years. <laughs> I'm, I'm into what uh, Roderick Strong is going through. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> you can't sit with us, baby. Tremendous. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Uh, tune in Saturday to Collision, and uh, we'll find out what happens there. Okay, up next, we got uh, Swerve Strickland up against Darby Allen. Uh, I usually don't go blow for blow on moves, so I got to point out uh, Swerve doing a Death Valley driver off the second rope onto the apron. The apron. I know oh. AEW's rings are custom, and they ha- and their apron is wider than, than most any other ring would be, so it's not as much of a spine. There's a little bit more room for you to take a flat bump. But even still, it's solid. It's so solid, right? I mean, I just every, when I watch them do these bumps on the apron, I'm like, if you're off just a few inches, somebody's gonna get snapped in half. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, that's that. Uh, a disguised AR Fox, poorly disguised AR Fox, comes out. He attacks our <laughs> horrible <Rick>. disguise, <laughs> um, and then he, and that leads to Swerve getting the win here. Mm-hmm. So, and then they and then Prince Nana gives a new Mogul Embassy shirt. To AR Fox, so AR Fox uh, looks like he is in 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 the stable that I feel like just has just had a revolving door of people. Like I, I, I so I don't know that this again. Fox follows up with what we saw earlier, but I don't think that this. I would rather AR Fox remain solo. I don't him being in this in this mm-hmm. in this stable. Jimmy to me does not does not help him. No, I don't. I, it doesn't add anything for him. And like you said, he is a great solo star. And it could have been, hey, you know, he, he gets offered a position in the group, and it, he could have turned it down. And said, I didn't do this for you. I did this for me. Something simple like that, and walk out. Yeah. You know, yes, you're kind of turning your back on the heels, but at the same time, you kind of turned heel already, anyways. You know. So, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right, Justin. I think. Him joining the group doesn't benefit him at all. In fact, again, you talk about a step backwards. I think it's, it is a step backwards. It kind of it, it kind of waters down the work they were trying to do with him tonight of, of making him now a new heel um, mm-hmm. around. Issa, when are you joining the uh, Mogul Embassy? I, I'm not. I'm not, but good. that spot that spot's going to live in my head rent-free. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just one of those spots that you just watch, and you're like, did I just, like, you have to clear your eyes. Um, I like what they did with AR Fox here, because then it made the rest of the beginning of the show make sense. So they're telling a story throughout the show, which is something that it's obviously mm-hmm. successful. But, yeah, I, I didn't like him. I didn't like him. I didn't like seeing him join uh, the embassy. I didn't need that part of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. I could have just had him attack Darby and that be the end of it and see where it goes. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was and, and and Nick Wayne being featured here as well. Yeah, yeah, Nick Wayne. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a little little bit of 
a little bit of chaos uh, post match, and, and Nick Wayne's out there, and again, Prince Nana's out there. It was Some... chaos post match in every match tonight. Let's yeah. Just... Right. Yeah, and 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 I get why they were doing this, trying to further the story with AR Fox and and, and uh, Darby at the same, but at the same time, you know, like you said, that devastating Death Valley driver off the top. And all the other stuff that was done to Darby in this match. And I get they're trying to make him look like a tough SOB. But off, after all that, it took outside interference to beat right. him. You know what I mean? It just it, you, then, it, then it, it kills the value of the move. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. And why kill the value of a move that could kill you? <laughs> exactly. mundo is a, a cool guy I used to say back in the day. Uh, yeah, so um, a lot of things there, a lot of things to take away. I think I think it's we, we laid it all out there. So uh, Swerve, uh, Swerve, and, and AR Fox heels all together at the embassy, and Darby and Nick Wayne, so we can see kind of where we're headed here uh, for a future tag match. All right, we get the uh, it's nine twenty five. Choo choo! That train's never late. It's time for your women's t- match tonight. It is uh, Doctor Britt Baker up against Taya Valkyrie. First time ever meeting between these two, at least on TV. And uh, this was what it was at one point. Um, and both and both both of these women are, are very athletic. At one point, though, they did look like I don't know if it was uh, a little blown up or they 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 looked like they started moving in slower motion and like strikes and kicks started, whatever. I I don't I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe those there was a disconnect at once, but I saw it as well. Yeah, um, but nonetheless, uh, they, they they fight through. Both ladies do, and uh, we do get Britt. Eventually, she gets her locked jaw locked in and Taya Valkyrie. I mean, talking about putting uh, Britt's submission over Taya. Tapped almost, yeah, immediately, uh, immediately. which that was huge. Uh, so Britt yeah. gets to win. So good for Britt. And I have to point this out because this is what we do. Um, did anybody else notice Britt wins? You know, whatever. And obviously, you always want to cut to the crowd and get reaction shots. They cut to a shot, and it's what it didn't even seem like it was an accident. It's not like they even like quickly cut back away from it. No, they kept it there. They stayed for like three to five seconds yep. of a person holding a sign saying "Book the women's division better." Right. Yep. Like what? As you have the women out there at 9.30. I mean, mm-hmm. I do have respect for a match that we haven't seen, but you also gave us a match between two women that need the wins. I love Britt mm-hmm. Baker. I think she's the biggest star they have created. And we saw her beat a jobber in a match that they put there just to put the women on the car last week. You know, that match lasted, what, like 60 seconds? I need Britt Baker to be doing more than that. And you put her against Taya Valkyrie, who I think is phenomenal. She's got the look. She's got the it factor, but she's done nothing but lose since she came to AW. So don't give me a 9.30 match between two women that need the win. Um, but I thought I thought that the back and forth was good. And they gave them time. I will say that. This mm-hmm. match went on mm-hmm. for a little bit. But uh, the book, the women's division sign, I just... just clap i'm like why are you even showing it like why are you even calling yourself out (laughs) jimmy thoughts on the ladies tonight no i thought i thought they worked hard it just for some reason they didn't feel like they gelled Uh, you know there there was a there was a few times in the match where you just went oh that didn't look smooth you know what i mean and and i'm not saying it should look you know choreographed or anything like that but at the same time it just felt like these ladies were not gelling together for lack of a better term and as you said you 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 know both ladies could have used the win here obviously taya valkyrie could definitely use the win and there is a way of getting her over without going over and that didn't happen tonight either and i think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they didn't gel and people kind of i think more people noticed than should have uh yeah bernie bernie i i agree there's not just in this use here by Britt, but i agree with this move all in general the panama sunrise 
it's never it's never a finisher anymore. Right. It's always just it's it's a really cool high spot, but it's always a two count. And I, I just I'm baffled by that because it's like this is this is a pile driver with extra rotation. This should be dunzo and it's not treated that way um but yeah. there's a lot of other moves as we just talked about a few minutes ago that that aren't treated that way uh which is kind of a segue to this next super chat from terry allen jr as he asks us which finisher you trio love watching uh, I, I don't know i don't i'll just say this and i'll also do you guys i'm big on finishers being moves that you can execute somewhat quickly and you can do to anybody right you know i panama sunrise jake actually you can do it to anybody but it's what there's a setup to it i mean like i but i do like adam cole's Lower in the boom. I like a knee to the back of the head. You can do it to anybody, and right. if you think about it, a knee to the back of the head, especially the way he does it, should be devastating. Um, but he says, or finisher that you like, or oh, I guess, it, I guess in any wrestling, I guess it doesn't have to be to say, yeah. I mean, yeah. I love there's a lot of rest, uh, finishers that I like, but I'm with you on that. I'm a big fan of the quick, easy, and fit in actually finishing matches. I'm a huge fan of the end of days. I love the end of days. I will never stop fighting over letting Drew McIntyre kick out of it because it was such a protected move and he kicked out of it. Yeah, it was in the grandest stage of it all, but it was in a match that was for nothing. And it still drives me crazy because I think the end of days is a beautiful looking move. Underrated. Right. Jimmy, finisher? No, you know, you had something something as wonderful as Steve Austin's Stone Cold Stunner. Like you said, simple. Can do it to anybody. Uh, and nowadays, Seth Rollins and the and, uh, the stomp. Yeah, you know those. Stomp those is are amazing. That, yeah, they're moves that work. Roman with the Superman punch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so thank you, Terry, for the question there. Uh, there are certain finishers too that work just because of the fact that nobody kicks out of them. Like when you see Kenny mm-hmm. Omega hit that one wig angel, you just automatically get off from your chair because people just do not kick out of it. I feel like there's mm-hmm. such a psychology behind the finishers that it depends on what kind of match I'm watching. But yeah, I, I just a fan of them finishing matches. So when mm-hmm. they finally get a kick out, it needs to feel like, oh, yeah. holy crap kind of moment. Right. Yeah. Uh, thanks to the Slayer 94, $2 for the super sticker um much appreciated there all right just as we get ready to go into the uh and yeah finish i saw somebody else uh wayne uh, here with the uh rk yeah i mean out of nowhere can do yeah. it to anybody can, can claymore, the claymore yep, and the claymore. bro kicks also yep, yep. absolutely yeah. well, with- McIntyre doing the stupid countdown because when he kiss when he hits the claymore out of nowhere it's so much more interesting than when he does the the dumb countdown i hate it yeah yeah and we mentioned the spirit did we no. no, I don't think I said Roman's punch, but the spear as well. Spear Here's my thing with the spear. I am picky about who does a spear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know a, I know he's a Hall of Famer. I know Edge spear sucks. No, I know he. I, for Jimmy, I know he's a friend. I never. <laughs> when Edge started doing a spear, I'm like, he's not built to do a spear. Mm. Like, give me the education or give me any other stuff that he had in his repertoire. You need to be a certain size to do the spear. Like Roman, I'm fine with it. Obviously, Rhino, fine with it. Goldberg, I'm fine with it. Uh, I mean, like Bobby Lashley does. Bobby La- Lashley, the way he rolls forward, mm-hmm. it makes mm-hmm. it like, like I. But there's other guy when when you're built a different size, don't want to see you spear. Unless unless you're coming off a ladder and somebody's hanging from. Anyway. Yeah, that's a whole different case. <laughs> okay, you do that spear, and I saw that one live in Houston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saw that one live. You do that spear. You never do another spear again because you're never going to top that spear. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> I can still see that one from. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that must have been the best POV ever. Oh, yeah. I know. 
I know Edge is very concerned over what I think of his spear. <laughs> if you watch closely, not to, not to, not trying to put myself over, but if you watch closely, while that's going on down in the lower right hand corner of the screen when they're showing the the uh, hard camera shot, there's a certain striped shirt guy trying to pull a ladder out of the way to make sure Jeff and the Edge didn't land on it. I'm going, oh my god, I can't yep. get this. Like, mm. <laughs> did you I know? You were obvious about it. Did you know prior to that moment right there in time, did you know that that was a spot they were going to do? Did you know in the back they're doing that? Yes, I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, was, I, I was going to say that that spot is way too risky for you guys to not like really talk it over exactly. before, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I knew. And that's why I was like, oh, is that ladder too close? And I did because they don't like us being visible doing stuff like that, right? But, yeah, I was uh, literally I, I just, just I was literally just talking to Hugo. He was here in Puerto Rico. He just had his last match last Saturday, bless his heart. Um, and I was talking to him about The Undertaker and Mankind when Taker threw Mankind onto the Spanish announce table and what he knew and how many times they told them they weren't going to do it, but then they ended up doing it. And he, he told me the entire experience of that day, one wow. of the most fascinating conversations I've had. Incredible. Yeah, I was there live, and that was certainly one of those moments again that I, I you never forget because you, because rarely can you say, even in two thousand one, um, rarely can you say you see something in pro wrestling like you, that you hadn't seen before. <laughs> and holy, mm-hmm. holy hell, um, very cool stuff. All right, uh, before we get into the main event here of Dynamite, just a reminder again: uh, like uh, or subscribe, whatever platform you'd like to enjoy this podcast, audio or video. Please subscribe. Please leave a comment. Nice five star rating. Whatever you could do, fill out the questionnaire. Uh, hopefully, it's positive. If you're watching for 52 minutes in at this point, you, you, you're watching because you enjoy some aspect of this podcast. Uh, please do all the things. Help us out. Show some love. Uh, you know, got a lot coming up. We got SummerSlam coming up. And of course, we got the whole back end of the year, uh, premium live events. And then we got next year with Rumble and, and Mania in Philadelphia. Maybe, maybe, maybe we all end up in the city of Berlin Love. Who knows? So, a lot of things could be done. A lot of things uh, very exciting uh, that all can be helped by your feedback so please do all of that all right main event time it is a triple threat uh tag team match already in the ring they got the jobber entrance best friends in the ring and then here comes lucha brothers and then here comes moxley and claudio from the black bull combat club uh bcc's in the driver's seat for a lot of this match that's the story here and then here comes orange cassidy for redemption so he starts fighting with them and while that's all happening penta hits his finisher and gets the win so lucha brothers get the win but then post-match it's chaos with Orange Cassidy and everybody fighting. Uh, and then commentary says that Tony Khan has just made the match official next week. Dynamite 200. It is a three AEW Dynamite Originals. John Moxley versus Trent Barreto versus Penta. Anything goes match. Uh, Jimmy, I got to say, I, I mean, obviously, I, I wasn't really that engaged in this. I mean, there's a lot going on, but I... Based upon what we saw elsewhere in the night, I was a lot more intrigued by some of the other stories tonight. Mm-hmm. This was just, and, I, and maybe they just have a philosophy. Maybe they've learned something about their main event numbers or the main event audience, and that time slot is what it is. So they're not necessarily putting out the best thing. But then again, they're also trying to like close some stories that they started telling at the beginning of the night with Cassidy, whatever. So, uh, what did you make of this? Again, this choice for a main event segment. I thought it was a, a curious choice for a main event segment. And yes, we had some main event players in there. Let's put it that way. With you, you had you know Mox in there and stuff like that, who are big time guys. But again, best friends versus Lucha Brothers versus Blackpool Combat Club. Were there any rules to this? You know, any they talked about the three way that's happening next week. Anything goes. Anything went in this match. So what's did, the difference here? Did did um, after Orange Cassidy comes out and starts fighting off Moxley, then we got. 
a pin attempt. Uh, I forget who did it to who, but I but I believe I don't, did, was it was, was and the ref wouldn't count it. Was he trying to say, "Oh, that's not the legal man"? Was that what happened? Yeah, that's what. Yes, said. that's what he's trying to say. And then you know, it's a, it was just too confusing and hard for the audience to follow, especially when you've got three teams out there that's supposed to be a three way tag team match, and for most of the match, there's only two teams up on the apron, so it looked like a regular tag match for a lot of it, and then. Like you said, it ended in chaos. I, that's the exact word I have written down in my notes, too. Chaos, going off the air in chaos and screaming out, oh, next week this, while this chaos is going on. It wasn't engaging where, oh, I wonder what happens here. It was like, you got to be kidding me. You know, Give me something to want to see, not just a bunch of gaga. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, a lot of goo, a lot of gaga. Issa, um, did you follow along with what was going on here? I, I was too busy trying to figure out why was this the main event. And then I realized when I watched the rest of the matches that were on tonight's episode, there was no other choice for the main event. I mean, not nothing here could have... I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it was, it was such a... It was a skippable show tonight. I mean, there was some good things about it, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like uh, nothing has been built for all in or all out. We're a month and a month and a week away from your biggest pay-per-view ever. I... I, I it was a match. It was there. What do you want me to say? You, you Moxley want... didn't bleed. Moxley didn't bleed. He hey. Did bleed. He hey. You honestly could have. You know, here, I don't know what this says. Actually, I know what it says. It says how good these particular individuals are. You could have sub. You could have still had this trio. Or you not trio. You could have this three way tag match and put it somewhere else on the card and whatever. Mm-hmm. But let the Orange Cassie thing happen. Whatever. You could have. If you would have took. If, or if they. If they would have took. The pre-tape. If they would have gave us the FTR and MJF Adam Cole, if they would have gave us that back and forth, but had it been live in the ring in front of the audience, and then Roddy comes out, and we just kind of have a way like, to go home for we co- for commission. Yeah, we kind of have like the Jerry Springer. You know, Adam, don't try whatever. If we going off the air with that, all the while FTRs, you know, yeah, that would have been a more interesting main event, and that would have. So I guess, I guess that speaks to MJF and Adam Cole. You could have took something that you put as a pre-tape halfway through the show. That could have been your main event. The pre-tape thing could have been your main event, mm-hmm. uh, and you would have probably had a, a bigger. That's a great. That's great feedback. And if you look at the numbers and the ratings, MJF and Adam Cole are drawing. Their their yeah. segments are their highest views. So put that at the end. It's a win-win situation for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and it ended in chaos, just like every other match on this show. It just felt, again, like, I mean, I was entertained. There was some good wrestling, but it just felt like a show that was just there. Nothing that was must watch. Mm-hmm. And when you're a month away from your biggest pay-per-view, it doesn't feel like we should be putting on skippable episodes of Dynamite. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, that. I mean, that, I mean, the match, that's the biggest match on Collision this Saturday is this tag match, this tag title match. So why why wouldn't you end tonight with the lead to that because they're treating yeah. collision and dynamite like two complete different shows they even feel like two complete different mm-hmm. shows so i don't know why they're not putting this big match that's happening in collision a little more over on dynamite you know and, what i mean yeah and and the other thing i found tonight too is for the last couple of weeks they've been pacing their show a little better you know yes last week they said they had to go home a little earlier than you know they went a little uh, with the main event, that blood and guts match and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, the shows have been paced better. Tonight, it felt like they were trying to get, again, as I like to say, 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound bag. They tried to cram in so much stuff in places where it you needed to let the audience breathe, relax, and absorb what they saw. They, 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 were, giving us too, they were giving us too much to try and take in. 
you, and nothing stuck, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... Somebody said, I enjoy Wednesday Night Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, yeah. Um... Thank you, St. Floyd. I think Collision is better than Dynamite, according to Donna Donna. Uh, Huffman uh, uh, saying, Isa, forget two separate companies, or forget two separate shows, it feels like two separate companies. It does. Um, yeah, well, I, I mean, it's interesting. It's, uh, I, sometimes I also think, too, it's like, and, and you know, that's why I get excited when you hear about, you know, Jimmy Jacobs and other people that are being brought in supposedly to help with creative and, and, and allocating whatever. And, and sometimes I think when you have better pacing, maybe that is. The, the, the process is not it's not just one person like Tony Khan but then I also I always get back to I think Tony Khan is such a wrestling fan which is a beautiful thing because I mean Tony Khan let's be honest Tony Khan is if any of us if any of us had a, a billions of dollars to have a bankroll you'd like to think okay I'm Tony Khan I have billions of dollars and I'd have my own wrestling company what would oh, I do? Oh I 1000% book pack versus gravity 1000% <laughs> well but what I'm getting at is you know, we we, we when you talk critical of Tony, it makes it sound like, oh, you're hating or you're jealous or whatever, because, oh, you, mm. wouldn't you love to be a super wrestling fan with that kind of bankroll, with that kind of ability to, to shake up the business? But at the same point, I have to honestly ask and say, does he just love pro wrestling so much that he just thinks, I got I to get everybody out there. Everybody's got to have a match. Everybody, more, more, more. We got to have chaos after every single match and, and more. And we got to get this person on there. And we don't want to, we don't want to shortchange the audience. They got to see gravity this week. And it's, 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 it's almost like you need somebody, you know, I don't want to say that like, I don't know. It's almost like you need somebody there to like filter them and say, "Look, this portion of the audience gives no crap about this person this week. They want to see, they want to see where the MJF and Cole soap opera goes. They want to see, the, like, I, I, it's almost like you need somebody to honestly tell him you're booking too much for what you're enjoying. Book more for what's going to be a, a broader appeal. Exactly, um, exactly. And because, like, like we said, like a lot of us say, uh, you know, AEW caters to that hardcore audience." And people are saying, well, you know, that casual audience isn't there anymore, which you can dispute because you see the numbers that things like SmackDown is doing. Yes, they're on Fox, which is different and and stuff like that. But they are drawing an audience. And not, yeah. you can't tell me that the entire audience that they draw is, you know, the typical hardcore, you know, all in wrestling. No, I, 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 I told the story before, I, you know, was in, I was in Maryland uh, several months ago for unfortunately for a funeral. And somebody in my family who, you know, has been in my family my entire life. I know my entire life. And she's, she's she's like an older sister to me. And she's never cared about wrestling. Never cared about it. Never, ever, ever. And she has, because her husband watches, she got pulled into the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Uso stuff as we led to Mania. She was actually intrigued by the story. She didn't care to see the match. or She wanted to just find out the result of the conflict, but she didn't care about the exit of the match, but she was drawn into the story. Like, you know, and that's the kind of silly stuff. It's like, you know, we, we worry, we're also removed from it because we're so hardcore into it, but it's like we, that's what you're aiming for is to no, get somebody. There is, there is, wrestling is in a booming period again, and not just WWE, all wrestling, and, and, and AW needs to capitalize on it because I've seen it from all aspects like you just said i've had people approaching me that i didn't i wasn't aware that they even like wrestling they started watching or they're getting into storylines and even some of the local independent events that i've been covering i had like a cousin my other day called me and she was like hey can you get me tickets to that wwc event and i'm like i didn't even know you like wrestling she's like well i'm getting back into it and i'm like it feels like it's a really good period for wrestling again so we just need to capitalize on it yeah. yeah, and you think, and you think of it from a financial standpoint, especially during the the hard times with everything being so expensive nowadays, and people having uh, 
for the most part, less disposable income. You, you know, people are tuning in, they're buying, they're, they're, they're getting their butts in seats. So it, they're doing something right. And like, like you said, not just WWE, the wrestling in general is doing something. I hate to disagree with Robert in the chat, but NXT is about to hit dynamite numbers in the last couple of weeks. Maybe it's Dominic, maybe it's Rhea, maybe it's Judgment Day, but they're hitting the 700,000s. And if you really yeah. think about it, AW has been averaging a something. So a, a, NXT is drawing more than Rampage, it's drawing more than Collision, and Dynamite mm -hmm. better watch out for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, we'll uh, give this question to you from one of our uh, longtime loyalists, Zook Enigma. He asks, uh, were you the ref when Lesnar broke Hardcore Holly's neck? Oh, you know what? I don't remember. How would you not? Uh, I guess you had that. That's when you know you had a career when things like that, you just, yeah. maybe it was me. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man, I have to think about that because, you know, you go back, there are other situations that I was in that, you know, yeah. kind of stay there and kind of, uh, did I ref that much? Oh, man, I'm going to have to Google it. Somebody's going to have to. I wish you would have, Jimmy. I wish you would have kept a log like Jericho. Jericho like has written down every match he's ever had. He knows exactly how many matches he's ever had, which I think is fascinating. I wish you would have kept a log on uh, on, on all the matches. I, I know some nights you're roughing like five matches, but I am googling right. and I think it was Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I mean, for them to ask, I have to think there's a pretty good chance. Uh, not not that Jimmy can give us any details yeah. about it because he doesn't really remember it. But no, mm. I wish I did remember it better. But if not, that I, you know, happy about. Bob getting his neck broken, of course, but it, you know, yes, I was in the ring. It was on SmackDown. Was he? All right. Yeah. I must have found the same picture I found because I, I saw your yeah. face in the background. I'm like, oh, that's Jimmy. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it's the reason I didn't recognize it. I knew he was hurt, but I didn't know how bad it was until I heard about it after. Mm. You know, and and Bob is the kind of guy who you know. Yeah, I don't want to be stretched out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. When they say Bob's hardcore, Bob is hardcore. Yeah, he's one that uh, through any of the throwback shows, the Raw Twenty Five, whatever. I, he's never re. I don't think so, unless I'm forgetting. He's never really resurfaced. No. Um, yeah. Which yeah. is a shame. I, I enjoyed the hardcore Holly. Right. Stuff. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that was uh, dynamite tonight, and plus some other uh, comments and questions. Um, that was that. So, Dynamite, I mean, I, there's, there's, there are things about it that definitely seem like they're putting more emphasis on trying to tell stories, trying to, which I think is all positive. And then, of course, there's some other stuff where it's like you're burying big moves, you're, you're still doing too much here. So, you know, it continues again. It's a buffet. It's, 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 it's different tastes uh, for, for, for different, different palates, but uh, a lot going on. Again, tune into Collision this Saturday. Uh, that, what happens there will certainly be a big part of what we talk about next Wednesday. As we get to Dynamite 200, their 200th episode, wow. uh, which is uh, a pretty, pretty fantastic feat for them as a company. Right. Uh, final thoughts and plugs. Uh, Isa, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you, I, I there was some good wrestling. There was some stuff that I was into. There was some stuff that was a big miss. It just felt it felt a little bit skippable. There's nothing that I would tell people that are tuning in right now. Oh my God, you got to go watch it. Maybe that one spot with Darby and Swerve because that was crazy. Um, you guys can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Friday, except for next Wednesday because I am heading over to Detroit for some SummerSlam coverage. You guys can find that on Lucha Libre Online. You guys can find me over there. And also my own social media, there will be some coverage. And as far as Puerto Rico, I will be in Mocha for WWC this Saturday. See you guys there. 
Jimmy? Well, like there was some stuff I enjoyed again, but I thought just trying to get too much in there. I felt, I felt like the pacing of the show was off for me. And uh, as far as where you can catch me, you can catch me here on Wednesday nights, usually with you guys. But uh, I guess he said next week you'll be on your way to Detroit, which uh, uh, enjoy. Have a great time. Uh, Monday, Monday nights, it's a triple J. And then, uh, you know, Wednesdays, it's the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother and stripes, Brian Hebner and I and RJ, our host. And from Monday to Friday, you can catch me on all my social media platforms doing my Reffing Rants. Again, little critiques just to try and help, not to tear it down, because I want to see things get better from my point of view. Very good. Uh, at Justin Labar across the socials, I'll be back Friday morning. Spar with Labar. Uh, I will also. I think I tease it some Monday tomorrow. I'm. Uh, we got the okay to record a, a fun interview. Myself and Damian Priest going to do some chat. We'll uh, release some of that across social over the next few days. Uh, so it should be fun. Again, uh, subscribe, like, comment, do all the things that you got to do. Help the podcast out. Share. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, thanks, everybody, in the live chat. Really appreciate it. You are a big part of our community. We love it. Uh, for those of you listening on the on demand, uh, please tweet us. Tweet us. Where in the world are you uh, when you're listening? What are you doing? What are we doing to get you through? Uh, what are you procrastinating on? Uh, love to hear it all. Thanks, Disa. Thanks, Jimmy. Be safe. Be good. More wrestling coming up. <laughs>